You're listening to Shift, Human First Financial Guidance with Ross Marino. Today, we are shifting the conversation with one of my favorite people in the industry, Brian Portnoy. Welcome to the show. Hey, Ross. How are you? I am great. Thank, thank you so much for being on here. I've I've enjoyed reading your books, listening to you be interviewed. You know, you've you've been in this space for a long time, and you know the last few years have been really hard on advisors. From COVID to the recent bear market, uh, people have been struggling. And I know this is something you have a heart for advisors. You have a lot of insight into advisors, and I know you're working on well-being for advisors. Can you let us know what you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's important to make that distinction between advisor well-being and client well-being. Almost everything we talk about in the industry is about the end client, and, and that's okay because that's who we're here to serve. But what we're seeing, and it rarely gets surfaced or discussed in, in much detail, is the fact that as advisors become more and more helpful to their clients, helpers need help. If you look at other helping professions, whether it be in counseling or clergy or medicine, they have support teams behind them. That's not the case in the world of wealth management, which is still the world of spreadsheets and numbers and, and thing, things like that. So what we're seeing globally, US, Canada, Europe, Asia, and Australia is that for the exact reasons that you mentioned, whether it be COVID or the bear market, advisors are overwhelmed. They are stressed and anxious. Um, there are elements of imposter syndrome that are always present. There's just a lot going on. And so, yeah, at Shaping Wealth, we're creating content and creating some experiences where advisors can really come to terms with how they're doing. And we ask, how are you doing? And there's sort of a, ah, you know, maybe I can breathe and relax for a moment type vibe we know that advisors appreciate that because so much of the attention is on other people. It's time in part, it, it's in part time to turn our focus to ourselves and make sure that we're doing okay. As I listen to you say that, it to me it's it's a duh. You know, of course we need that and we have to do that, but in our industry, it's not happening as much. Is there something that Maybe it's the makeup of the advisor, the the typical personality profile. What do you think it is why advisors may not reach out or may not focus as much on well-being? Um, I think it 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 comes to the culture of the industry, uh, the the legacy culture of the industry as being hard-nosed, financial, numeric, left brain, analytic, and not really leaving much space at all to talk about the fact that helpers need help. I mean, we, we're on this 50-year arc that I call from Gordon Gecko to Brene Brown, kind of hard-charging brokerage to being present and empathetic for people that you care for. Okay, so as we've gone on that half-century arc from a kind of a transactional world to more of a relational world, many things have been upended. And it's, you know, it's just not there in terms of legitimacy and validation to, to talk about these things. I mean, we have, you know, uh, many advisor clients uh, across uh, many countries, and they express to us they don't have many people to talk to about the struggles that they're having, including at their own firms, because you have a sales quota, or you have to sort of have to be the expert in the room, and, you know, you have the, the perspective it can be uh, overwhelming. And as a result, you know, we see burnout 
and it doesn't get publicized. It doesn't make it into a tweet or into a blog, but it's there and it's all over. We've been doing conferences for advisors since 2010. And one thing we learned early on is that when advisors come together, content is always king. So we always want great speakers and great information shared. But what they seem to value just as much, if not more, is the time to get together, to connect. Uh, we've now created sessions in the afternoon where it's just wide open and they're like conversation pits. And we find that if you allow advisors to get together, they do want to hang out. They do want to share. They, they want to be vulnerable. They want to say, here's what I'm struggling with in my practice. What are you working on? And uh, as you said, the culture may not be as open to that. But as soon as you make that available to advisors, it seems like they jump at the chance. They do. They do. And, you know, um, the industry has grown massively. Um, you know, uh, over the years, including from, you know, the, the GFC in 2008 to 2009. And so there, there's some sort of marquee or headline that says, hey, things are great. And that makes it a little bit hard to admit that maybe I'm not doing so well on a particular day. Um, I mean, look, most advisors are, are, are doing pre pretty good, but they want the opportunity to hear what others are doing. I mean, um, you know, I have worked with thousands of advisors over the years and you know what they want to know more than anything else. What are other advisors doing? Not at the emotional level, like, Hey, what's going on with their practice and how are they getting clients or what kind of content are they putting out or how are they building their portfolios? Advisors want to know what others advisors are doing, which I think is normal in, in any particular profession. And so, you know, to your point about the forum that you've created forums that we're creating at shaping wealth, just the opportunity in a non-competitive way uh, to, to share war stories, struggles, um, wins, victories. Like it's, it, it, it's a really good thing uh, with a lot of room to run. I know being part of one of the original cohorts with building the behavioral advisor, there was, you know, week after week of, of learning and understanding and listening. And it was definitely client focused because it helped me understand clients better but from my perspective, the home run was self-awareness. So in order to really understand clients, as we think through what they're going through and how they think and how they feel, I don't know how you do that without pulling back the curtain on how I think and how I feel. And it turns out to be so transformative that I think the benefit for me was more important than what I actually see in clients. Is that normal or is that kind of the point? So we, we, we've run many cohorts of building the behavioral advisor, and it, what you just shared is a typical comment after, after you know, someone has experienced um, the, the, the program, which is that this was transformational for me as a human being before it was impactful for me as an advisor to better serve clients. And, you know, you use an important phrase, which is uh, or term, which is self-awareness. Um, you know, one of the things that we focus on explicitly throughout our programming and our conversations with advisors and clients is uh, emotional intelligence or emotional competencies. You know, I mentioned earlier, you know, this is an industry spreadsheets and numbers, left brain, it's all IQ. We want to tilt the balance a little bit to include EQ or emotional intelligence. And, and there's four pillars to that. Self-awareness, self-regulation or, or, or motivation. Third is empathy. And the uh, fourth is relationship skills. 
And our working sort of view is that self-awareness is the be- is, is the beginning. It's where it starts. We can come to better terms with who we are, and then that has a whole series of positive consequences for our ability to relate to others. So, you know, we, you know, say all the time that empathy is the superpower of the modern advisor, the the ability to truly understand where someone is and listen to where it is they want to go and then position yourself to help them. Well, until you've really come to terms with your own money story and what your stresses and hopes and dreams and fears are, um, you can't do as good of a job as you might from that empathetic point of view. So yes, self-awareness is where I think a lot of the positive energy is in our industry, and, and we're happy to be part of that. Instinctively, when a client or a prospect comes to me, they're going to ask traditional questions. I'll say, what's going on? And and they're going to tell me what's going on. It's financial related or financial implications, decisions. And then my brain's going to go to solve the problem. Here's the solution. It's financial. But I've, of course, learned recently and over the years, I should say, that I have to shift the conversation and I have to focus more on not just their financial plan or financial decisions, but it's really more about client well-being. And I know that's the thrust of, of what you're doing at Shaping Wealth. Can you talk about the focus on client well-being and then also what's coming out, um, the OCBO program? Because I think they're all connected together. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, the mission statement of the company is funded contentment for everyone. And, you know, this idea of funded contentment, which is a, a different way of saying true wealth, well, that's the ability to underwrite a life that's meaningful to you, how, however you choose to define that. And by you, it could be you as an individual, a couple, a family, a multi-generational family. But um, to the extent that wealth is as much of a mindset as it is a number, it's a massive opportunity for people like you and me and others in the industry to really help people lead a, a life well-lived. So that is... Um, that's just a really big space to 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 operate in and as a result we can um not just listen to someone coming to our office and say okay i'm 41 i want to retire in 24 years at age 65 and 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 hey what how much money should i have and what's the safe withdrawal rate if they're going to use the jargon well yeah th- that that is real And that is a problem to be solved, but it actually doesn't address broadly what funded contentment is, which is the life that you want to live. So to say that you want to retire at 65 and you've got 24 years to go, well, that's a little bit of a math problem, but there's a lot of time between now and then. What what life do you want to be living, you know, in these 24 years and then and and then beyond? the ability to have that conversation, not just in a one-off kind of onboarding session. Oh, like tell, tell me your dreams and your visions and your hopes and all that kind of stuff. But to have an ongoing conversation with an individual or a couple or a family about that, it's awesome. It's profoundly important. And it's actually kind of hard. Um, one thing we've done um, is launch this platform that we call the Outsource Chief Behavioral Officer. It's a membership experience 
that basically provides bite-sized, easy to understand, easy to share insights into client and advisor psychology that you can pepper throughout your entire practice so that you can enter different conversations with more and, and, and important things to talk about. You can also hear client challenges and refer to the platform like, huh, okay, how, how might I address a situation like this? But the idea is, oh, it's not a it's not a long lecture. It's not a 700 page academic book, snackable and shareable. We want to meet advisors where they are so that they can have useful content that makes an impact on their clients' lives, which then feeds back to the quality of their business and the platform that they're part of. I think the key to transform the the way I think and the way I approach financial planning is that consistent feeding, the, the weekly connection. It's It's not just going through a 100-day program, although that would have been the most transformative 100 days of my life. Either way, it's still just 100 days. And then there's always what's next after that. So I'm looking forward to what everybody has created. Can't can't wait to use it myself. I'm going to dive right in on it. In order for the industry to shift the conversation, which really shifts the foundation of financial planning, there has to be a consistent connection to resource, to ideas, to tools, and just to thought leadership out there. And sounds like that's what Shaping Wealth is trying to put out. That's right. That's right. Well, I appreciate what you're doing. I love your team members. You have a great group at Shaping Wealth. Can't wait to see them all at Shift. And uh, this is just a quick interview. Love hearing the update on what's going on. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Dr. Brian Portnoy, don't call me doctor. I won't call you doctor. Thanks don't for being on the show. Doctor. Yeah, yeah, Ross. Always good to see you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Shift with Ross Marino. Please visit humanfirst.live to learn more. The show is for general information purposes only and is not intended to provide recommendations or advice. Speak with a legal, tax, or financial advisor before making any decisions. Past performance references are historical and do not guarantee future results.